Stay tuned to the end of the show and find out how you can hear exclusive bonus content. Route 16 Off-Road is a veteran-owned and operated community-focused brand. To ensure they are meeting the needs of this great Jeep community and off-road community, they need your help. Route 16 is currently looking for brand ambassadors to represent them on the trail, in their clubs, and of course, at events. If you're interested in applying, email sales at route16.com. That is sales at R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. Today's episode of the Jeep Talk Show is also sponsored by Extreme Terrain, leaders in the 1987 to 2018 Wrangler parts and accessories. Extreme Terrain provides top-tier expertise and customer support from genuine Wrangler experts. Stay tuned later in this episode for their latest Throttle Out episode titled, First Five Parts to Buy for Your JL Wrangler. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back, strap in, and And brace brace yourself. yourself. So I hear the air quality has gotten really bad in the Portland area due to wildfires. Tammy, have you been seeing, hearing anything about this on the news? You know, Tony, I have, and it just dawned on me, that's the area where Josh is. Hey, Josh, do you have lots of smoke causing problems for you? Tammy, Tony, thanks for the concern, but it's really <laughs> just a little bit of smoke in the air, some minor particulates. You can hardly <laughs> tell. It's it barely even there. <laughs> <laughs> Wolfman Jack, you're back. I know. <laughs> like, it sounded like a Halloween commercial. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you... (laughs) This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. You already know that Amazon is the best place to go to find deals on pretty much everything from Jeep parts to office gadgets. But I bet you didn't know they also sell some, well, some real weird stuff, too. It's true. Go check out some of our older episodes and listen for a segment called Amazon You Bought What? We had a lot of fun with that over the years, so don't stop now. Weird out your friends. Give your boss a present he won't soon forget. Oh, don't forget the whipped cream. And don't forget to use our link to support the show and give us credit for your sick and twisted imagination. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. Or maybe not. Well, this Jeep owner should probably have his Jeep privileges revoked. If any of you out there have a commute like mine, where it's 40 miles door-to-door one way, and you're on the road for no less than, well, two to three hours a day, you're bound to see some weird stuff. Stupid drivers, erratic behavior, drug use, sexual acts, and things I really have no explanation for. You name it, I've seen it all. And thankfully, someone saw this one Huntersville, North Carolina Jeeper, who thought it would be a good idea to strap his dog down to a steel luggage carrier hanging out the back of his trailer hitch behind the Jeep. The local Fox News affiliate put the story out on Tuesday, and the calls and tips came flooding in. Apparently, local police had received several calls from worried citizens claiming the dog looked to be in bad shape. With the weather in the area lately hanging on the back of the weather, hanging on the back of the Wrangler, sucking exhaust fumes is probably not the healthiest for anyone, let alone a dog. Now, reports say the driver was spotted at two different restaurants with the dog left sitting on the cargo carrier outside of his blue Jeep Wrangler. Another person said that they saw the driver with the dog sitting on the back of the vehicle at Zaxby's in Huntersville as well. Now, this one person said that she had snapped several pictures and said she'd spoke with animal control and police who, 
through traffic cameras, store security cameras, and concerned citizens' photographs, we're able to track the driver down. There is a North Carolina statute that states that it is unlawful to transport any animal in a manner that can be deemed cruel or inhuman and is considered a Class 1 misdemeanor. The Huntersville Police Department is still accepting tips and any other evidence that will help with convicting this person. Now, I know, I, I know Facebook isn't the most accurate way to get information, but I had read that it was a lady that was uh, driving the Jeep. Uh, they had the dog oh, on there. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, these kind of things kind of get mixed up. And I'm sure right. that they were trying their best, at least at this point uh, throughout everything, to kind of keep the person's exact identity uh, okay. you know, a secret. You know, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people out there that want to cause this person harm. <laughs> I, I thought was, you might have had more detail about it than that and you could correct it, but uh, you, you don't know either. I don't. I don't. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, the, the event is what it is. The incident is what it is. But, uh, I mean, it's tragic. There are a bunch of pictures online yeah. of this person be kind of more or less being caught in the act, and it is tragic. I mean, it's uh, I, clearly this is something that they've done before, and I don't get why they do it to begin with because there's plenty of room in the Jeep, but... No, whatever. There's really no excuse for this sort of behavior. So, hey, if you're was, uh, if you have a Jeep Wrangler and you're a dog owner, don't put your dog on a luggage rack in the back. Oh Come God. on. I was so angry when I saw those pictures. So angry. The thing that gets me is is that rear end collisions can occur, oh. and, and then yes. you, then your your dog, your beloved pet, hopefully. Uh, it isn't going to fare too well. I mean, you know, maybe well, it'll, maybe to be able to jump out of the way. You know, I, I don't even like the idea of putting my high lift jack bolted to the the bumper because I don't want to get it struck, much less an animal that feels <laughs> right. I know. You know, I mean, what if you what if you pop stupid. the clutch, uh, yeah. take off from a uh, you know a stoplight right. a little too fast or something? You know, I mean, come on. I mean, there's oh, a hundred different things. Well, it's okay because it had a it had a leash on it, so it would just have strangled uh, him. <laughs> so. oh, some people are so stupid. Oh, seriously. Well, speaking of stupid people, these thieves got what they deserve. Speaking from experience, I can say that it is rare that a person is ever convicted for stealing your car. <laughs> Typically, it goes unpursued. It's barely logged and is usually not investigated unless the vehicle was used in a more serious crime or if an officer actually makes contact with the stolen vehicle, at that which point, well, a traffic stop is going to be initiated. Oftentimes, the vehicle is stripped and or abandoned before that ever happens. Believe me. I know my own daily driver has been stolen four times and out of those four times and the and the other three times it was broken into there was only one conviction and even then it was only because my car was used in a high-speed chase to elude police but that time the thief was of course caught and brought to justice my little jalopy of a Honda getting stolen is one thing I can tell you with absolute conviction that it had it been my Jeep that was stolen the story would be much much different we care about our Jeeps much more than we care about the other cars in our driveway. We love our Jeeps. They are our favorite kid, more or less. And nearly all of us can legitimately say that we have an emotional, if not sentimental, attachment to our Jeeps. So when I'm researching for news stories each and every week, I undoubtedly see one story after another about this Jeep or that that was stolen or involved in a chase or some other sort of crime. And not even half of them are ever solved or have somebody brought to justice. So it was with great pleasure and utter glee when I stumbled across this headline this week. Now, I don't normally get pleasure off of other people's misery, but this time <laughs> I think it was warranted. The headline simply read, six charged after helicopter tracks down stolen Jeep. My heart was all a flutter. The story goes like this. It was Sunday evening when a Nashville, Tennessee woman was getting out of her Jeep in front of her home when another vehicle pulled up alongside of her. 
The police reports say that she was then approached by the passenger of said vehicle who brandished a gun, pointing it at her and demanding her purse. The unarmed 24-year-old female did the right thing and immediately handed over her purse. She was then instructed to exit the vehicle, which she also did, and as her Jeep drove off without her, she was thankfully able to call police. Now, it's unclear exactly what happened next. Somehow, the police got wind that the stolen vehicle was going to be used to pick up students from Johnson Alternative School on the following Wednesday afternoon. Metro police stood watch and tried to stop the vehicle when it arrived. Upon seeing the stolen Jeep, the police tried to initiate the traffic stop, and the driver allegedly refused to pull over, and a chase ensued. We've all seen the clips on TV, the high-speed chase through town that ultimately ends in, you know, very badly for the thief. The police made a tactical decision and called in the Metro Police helicopter, who was able to immediately start tracking the stolen Jeep from the sky. The vehicle then reportedly got on I-40 eastbound before stopping near a church on 43rd Avenue North. Police say that's when six people bailed out of the Jeep and tried to run away. They didn't make it very far. Each and every one of the occupants was apprehended and arrested. Officials reported finding 186 live rounds of ammunition inside the Jeep, too. Three minors and three adults were taken into custody and charged with auto theft and evading arrest. One of the minors, however, also faces an aggravated robbery charge after allegedly being the one who held the gun and robbed the 24-year-old Nashville woman outside of her Germantown home of her purse, dignity, and her Jeep. Through the quick action of the Nashville Metro Police Department, six stupid thieves are no longer walking the streets. Unfortunately, you guys and I both know it will only be a matter of time before they're back out doing it again. At least in this case, justice was served. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's it's going to happen again. They've already done mm-hmm. this uh, this life of crime. They, they think it's cool or it's a way of life or uh, they don't want to uh, have to uh, work for the uh, work for a living, work for the money that they're making. So this is going to happen again and again and again. It's going to lead to uh, more Jeep thefts, just like somebody's been stealing your uh, Honda so many times. Josh, uh, you have no way of knowing, I don't think, but do you have a feeling that it's the same person stealing your no. Honda? Or? No, in fact, I, I know to the contrary, uh, just primarily because of the sorts of things that were found or left in the vehicle. Uh, I know, in, at least in the first case, this was a, it was a, just a little guy. He's a tweaker, jacked out on all kinds of drugs and whatnot. Uh, and the, the next time it had got stolen, the seat was pushed all the way back ah. and before it was moved all the way up. I found, you know, double extra large coats and, and things like that inside the vehicle. That's not my size of shirt. So, you know, I, clearly this not a, you know, a 145 pound tweaker. Uh, this is somebody who have, of a much larger statue. So I know at least in a couple few of the instances, it wasn't the same person. So when you say coach, you're actually cleaning it up for the show because it was condoms, right? Uh, <laughs> the first time my vehicle got stolen when i got it back a week later it had looked like somebody had been living in it for two or three years every Jeez. cubby nook cranny pocket gross and everything was shoved full of some degree of trash or another there was drug paraphernalia in there i'm talking about you know broken needles i'm talking about oh, spoons God. that are bent and all charred and stuff like that you know tons of stuff and of course the uh, the the I don't know. There was a half a dozen of the peachy peach air fresheners, the little trees, you know, <laughs> that were fully out of their package and hanging from everything in the car. And it took me weeks wow. to get that smell out of the vehicle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, it's always a surprise. You need to get you a little air freshener to go in there and uh, print out a custom thing saying the meth doesn't add up. Get it? Meth? <laughs> oh, that's that's going to be yeah. in the there. <laughs> 
Well, hey, guys, if you have a news tip, a joke, a pun like Tony, or if you have a response to any one of our stories, make sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out. And if they're jokes hey. like Tony's, don't share them, please. <laughs> hey, guys, coming up later in the show, if you or somebody you know is about to buy a Jeep because their old ass Honda got stolen again, well, then you won't want to miss our interview with Tammy Sorrento from Fireball Approves. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Josh teased us with some Dana 30 potential information, and uh, <laughs> then the following week, he took off! <laughs> Hopefully tonight we'll get a little uh, leg, I mean, uh, axle at least. Yeah, I got a little something for you guys uh, a little bit later on in the show. You will definitely want to stay tuned and maybe grab a pen and paper. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. And hey, we'd like for you guys to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network website if you haven't been there in a while. Well, the next time you're online, just pop over to 4x4radionetwork.com. Just type it in, all one word there. You'll see the Jeep Talk Show there, of course, but we've got something there for, well, just about everybody else who's into the off-road stuff, too. It's okay. It's not their fault if they're not Jeepers, but we got something for everybody. Be sure to tell everybody you know about the 4x4 podcast, the Center Steer podcast, the Trail Chasers podcast, and, of course, the On the Trail podcast. It's all over at the 4x4 Radio Network. This is Steve, 4.3LXJ, with another Jeep tip. And continuing with the Dana 30 axle, we have now uh, upgraded our gears. We've got our locker. We know what size tire we're going to use. We've upgraded our axles. And now we have come to uh, probably the Achilles heel on a Dana 30, and that's things like ball joints and steering knuckles and unit bearings and what's on the outside. Now, the original Dana 30 axle had uh, spindles that were the same design as what they used in World War II on uh, Jeeps, and they were tough. Um, those same spindles are and hubs are used on half-ton pickups. So, you go from whatever, about a 2,000-pound GVW on the World War II models up to a 3,500-pound GVW on uh, a half-ton pickup, which is almost double the uh, strength requirements, and it was there all along. But the problem is that you can't use these particular hubs and so forth with the five on four and a half volt pattern and you can't use them with five on five either so uh, there is another option you can use to get rid of the unit bearing now unit bearings are okay but you start putting large tires on them and uh, they get to where they're not so strong anymore and people replace them periodically they'll start growling and so forth and what you can do is you can go to the Ford Bronco 2 front knuckles, spindles, stub shafts, and selectable hubs. And you can retain your five on four and a half uh, axle, or I mean uh, bolt pattern on your tires and wheels. And so you can just bolt that in and go. Now, I have to make a disclaimer here. These are not as strong as that stuff they came up with in World War II. Uh, these are not made for a half ton. They are made for a 2,750-pound GVW vehicle. So don't put those on and plan on putting 37-inch tires against those because you'll start popping the hubs off and stuff like that. So uh, 
They are stronger. They do give you the option of a selectable hub. And uh, if you break something, that's always nice. You can dial the hubs out and still drive home. The, uh, the thing is, though, that everything is downsized to fit that smaller bolt pattern. So uh, you got to consider your options there when you go to uh, that particular modification. Wrecking yard parts, well, you're looking at pick and pull, and I don't know, you can probably get out the door for a couple hundred bucks on that. Uh, if you want to buy all that stuff new from Warren or somebody else, you're probably looking at uh, 11 to 1200 bucks. So you got to really want that modification and want the, those better bearings and strengthen the, uh, uh, the steering knuckle and so forth that you're going to pick up with that. So it can be done relatively cheaply, but it can also be pretty expensive. So with that, we'll see you on the trail. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Hey, everyone. So last week, I started a little five-part series called... um, what is a Wrangler? And go check out last week's episode and I give you a little bit of history on the Wrangler and the birth of the Wrangler because the birthday of the JK is coming up here in about two weeks on August 28th. Um, anyway, so last week was general, what is the Wrangler? This week I'm going to be talking about the Jeep Wrangler YJ. And the YJ was built in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, Oh, by the way, I need to mention Nate, SWB Crawler, um, also known as YJ Nate, um, reached out to me when he heard I was doing this and asked if I needed any help. So I'm sure he's listening to this episode and will be correcting me. He's taking notes. Yes. So Wrong. (laughs) So if I get anything wrong, Nate will be calling in next week. So be sure to tune in next week, too, to get all my information corrected. But anyway, so the YJ was built in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, replacing the Jeep CJ line. Now, this Canadian plant closed in 1992. That's when they moved the production of the Wranglers to Toledo, Ohio. And they used the same plant in Toledo that produced the Willys Jeeps during World War II. Now, some of the Jeep Wrangler features were the rectangular headlamps. Now, the CJs had round ones, but the YJs had rectangular. The wheelbase was the same as the CJ7, but a little, a new wider track. It had slightly less ground clearance, but it was more comfortable, improved handling. The The leaf spring suspension was wider than the CJ7. Um, the track bar suspension links, anti-roll bars for improved handling and safety, making it less easy to flip by untrained or unwary drivers. And it had a larger windshield, which means it needed wider blades, which rested on the windshield because they needed a wider arc of the blades to clean the larger windshield. These two changes were later removed when the TJ was launched in 1996. Now, despite the similar look to the Jeep CJ, this had more in common 
Tony and Josh, you might like to hear this, with the new newer downsized Cherokee XJ model. In 1992, the rolled cage was extended to um, for the rear shoulder belts, which that's probably, a, I don't know when the time is when we had to have mandatory seatbelt laws, but could have been it. The Sahara debuted in 92, and this is when they sw- the Jeep switched over to the electronic speedometer. In 1993, they added anti-lock brakes. In 1994, the automatic transmission option for the four-cylinder came out. The center high-mounted brake light was added. The slob cylinder on the manual transmission was moved outside of the transmission bell housing for easier replacement. Then, in 1995, the Dana 30 larger U-joints were used. In 1996, there were no 96 models that year um, that were produced as YJs, but they, um, they were the 95 models, if that made any sense. Um, they still produced them in 96, but they called them 95s. Anyway, new parts were added to the hoods, the bump stops, but they were the TJ bump stops they used on the YJs because, of course, the TJ was in um, designs then. They had reinforced tailgate hinges, and some of the YJs came out with the new TJ rear bumpers. And the newly tuned I-6 ran quieter in preparation for the TJ. And the YJ also had some options. They had the soft top with the half doors featuring the soft plastic windows. They had full frame doors with conventional glass windows, hard tops with the rear wiper and defroster. And the Jeep soft tops came in black, white, tan, and gray, and the roll bar padding matched the soft top color. Now, I'm sure Nate is probably like screaming at the the radio or whatever he's listening to right now. But um, that's what I have for the YJ. That's not everything. I'm sure you can go search on the internet and find more interesting information about the YJ. Next week, I will be sending in some audio on the history of the TJ because that's next in line in the the Wranglers. So the thing that gets me, and and maybe this happens in in other uh, makes and models, uh, and I'm just not aware of it because I I just never have researched it as much as I have Jeeps. I don't like it when they mix uh, years uh, together, and I don't like it whenever they mix different models together. I mean, (laughs) you go to AutoZone and say, hey, I want windshield wipers, and they want to know what size engine you have now. Can you imagine going there and asking for something that's one of those mixed years? Yeah, when you when you say mixed years, you're talking about it was made in 2016, but it was a 2015. Yeah, where they used components yeah. like you were saying with the uh, oh, yeah. the YJ, they were using TJ right. p- parts. Now, I mean, I understand a bumper isn't that big a deal, but it still it just bugs me because it's like uh, I guess it could be considered endearing too because only a few people would know uh, that information. The the real right. diehard Jeepers would know that information. Well, I know in my research, like when you start getting into the JKs and the JLs, and I, I kind of left some of this stuff out because it just gets so convoluted. Like some of them have this engine, some of them have this, you know, part, some of them have that part, and they're all like mixed and matched, like the different trim models, and it gets really confusing. You really need to know which Jeep you have and which, you know, because you have the Willys model, the Sahara, mm-hmm. the... Um, all these different, and they all have different parts. So you really need to know which Jeep you have, and you should get the build list so you know 
which stock parts your Jeep had. Yeah, I was trolling somebody the other day. They uh, they had a uh, they had seen a Willie's uh, Jeep, very nice Willie's Jeep with a for sale sign on it on their way back and forth to work, and they had posted it on Facebook, and uh, I posted on there. I wonder if it has the uh, the uh, inline six, the four point liter, or the two point five liter. And and it was no fun. They just came back and said it had you know whatever the the Willie's jeans right. had. <laughs> it didn't have the four which I knew, and that was the fun part right. of trolling. So I was a disappointed troller. I went back in the bridge and just licked my ones. Hey, folks! Coming up later in the show, we're going to hear more from our favorite Nikki G. Hey guys, it's me. You knew I had to be calling in after all the mentions I got on the last show, oh, no. right? <laughs> anyway, uh, Tony, you brought up uh, why doesn't Nate own a YJ when he obviously likes the YJ so much? And the answer is simple. I have two kids, and the YJ just does not have enough space, and it doesn't have enough creature comforts for the family. So the uh, TJ Unlimited is treating me pretty well, not quite the price point of those four-door Wranglers, um, even though they would probably be even better for the family. But... Uh, the bottom line is I would love to have another YJ, but it's just not the cars right now. Uh, I'm loving the LJ, and um, I don't really have the funds to support several Jeeps at the moment, but uh, maybe that'll come someday. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm not currently driving a YJ. I'm looking forward to your uh, uh, history of the YJ there, Tammy. If you want any info, feel free to reach out to me, and we can chat. So, all right, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. Oh, he just missed it. <laughs> oh, phew. I, I'm saved for another week. Yep, yep. Hey, Tony and Josh, we have a review here from Hannah D, Jeep Girl. She gave us five out of five stars, and she says, best podcast ever. I absolutely love this podcast. I listen to it as much as I can, and it always puts me in a better mood. Wow, Josh, can you imagine that we actually put a woman in a good mood? First time for anything, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, we got more Nate. Oh, geez. No, I really appreciate Nate calling in. It's always fun oh, yeah. uh, for him to call Wait. in. Uh, and I always enjoy giving him a hard time. Hey, guys, it's Nate again. I had two quick comments, and then hopefully I'll leave your voicemail box alone for a little while. Uh, one, Tammy was asking about grab handles uh, in the TJ and in the YJ I had before it. Um, I had grab handles on the roll cage. In fact, in the YJ, I had some built into the roll cage because I had put a full cage in that one. Um, and in the JK that I had, I also had handles on the roll cage. I was never really a fan of the grab bars. They always look like they'll get in the way and hit your head, but um, I hear that is not the problem that it looks like it should be. Um, I used to, for a, for a time, I made paracord handles. I sold them when that was the craze. Uh, when When people stopped buying them, I stopped making them. So anyway, uh, that's all I've got. Uh, thanks for the show, and keep it up. Thanks. Bye. You know, I still can't believe he got rid of the YJ. He had that thing. Sounds like he really had that thing set up. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I, I It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. It's about two weeks ago in episode 344, we began talking about the Dana 30 found specifically under the JK or the JKU Wranglers. They're not bad in their stock form, but they definitely leave a lot to be desired when it comes to the unit's ability to handle some serious terrain. Hence why the Rubicon models, designed more towards the off-road enthusiast rather than the soccer field enthusiast, came with a stronger Dana 44 axle up front instead of the weaker Dana 30. Now, when most people think of a weak axle, they immediately think of, Oh, God, I've got to get rid of it! 
and jump immediately right into the thought process of axle swaps. Now, although this is a great goal and something that should eventually be worked towards achieving if you're, you know, a hardcore off-road enthusiast, well, you know, I ended the Tech Talks uh, in episode 344 with a little piece of advice that you probably won't hear coming from the forums or from around the campfire too often, and that is to keep that Dana 30. Run it for now, at least, until you can save up the rather considerable funds for an axle swap. And in the meantime, focus on specific upgrades that not only can keep you having fun out on the rocks and trails, but give you the key to making all of this happen easily. And what is that key? Well, three little words that many of us Jeepers take for granted. Those three little words? Return on investment. So, with that in mind, today we begin outlining exactly what is needed to reinforce each of the critical areas of the JK's Dana 30 front axle. I'll also show you how to improve the resale value of your stock parts too. After all, if I can give you the tools to feel better about spending the kind of money that you're going to have to drop for an axle swap, well, I'd say the removal of guilt would be worth a little bit of elbow grease. Okay, so the first upgrade that all JK owners should consider doing is strengthening the front axle housing. Jeep was forced to cut weight out of the front axle assembly for the JK Series Wrangler because of stupid EPA standards. This left the units extremely vulnerable to deflection, especially when larger tires are involved in severe off-road driving. Now, axle deflection is the amount the axle tubes, the things that poke out of either side of the differential housing or pumpkin, will deflect from zero degrees flat. Now, axles will naturally have a small degree of deflection just because of the loads that are incurred while driving off-road. Now, once this exceeds a certain point, though, that's when you start getting breakage. Now, this can happen slowly over time or all at once by introducing stress fractures on the welds that hold the axle together. Now, we've all seen those horror shots of somebody off-road who has bent or completely separated an axle tube from their differential housing. Polyperformance, a longtime trusted name in the off-road industry, offers a Dana 30 axle reinforcement kit for the JK Dana 30, which addresses this issue specifically and adds strength in key areas where the unit is known to fail. The kit consists of two essential parts, the axle tube sleeves and the inner C gussets. Made from 2-inch diameter, quarter-inch wall thickness, 1026 DOM or drawn-over mandrel tubing, the sleeves are machined with an outer diameter that fits very tightly into the stock axle tubes. Once installed, any combination of front axle shafts will still fit into the housing. This system increases the Dana 30 axle tube strength by a whopping 59% over stock. Now, before you go out and order these right away, you need to know that this upgrade does require that you drill and plug weld your stock axle tubes. Not a big deal for a fabricator or for your novice backyard welder, but it is something you need to take into consideration. Now, the inner C's of the axle of the Dana 30 and even the Dana 44 are also prone to bending when used with oversized tires in hard terrain. Now, the C's are the outer part of the axle that at the ends where the knuckles mount to. From the front of the back, it looks like a large boxy letter C, basically. The polyperformance gussets included in the aforementioned kit reinforces the upper and lower sections of the stock forging to boost the unit's strength. The idea here is to spread out the load path across the larger section of the axle tubes. Spanning the gap between the ends of the C greatly increases its strength and can prolong the life of your ball joints and wheel bearings in the long run. Of course, you know, it can be done by anyone with a welder, some scrap steel, and the means to cut it, shape it, and weld it into place. Don't necessarily have to be dictated by what's off the shelf, although it does make it a lot easier. Now, these are going to greatly increase the strength of your Dana 30. Like we said, a whopping 59% over stock. But that's not it. There's a lot more to go. And next week, we're going to get into the interior of the axle a little bit more and talk about how we're going to upgrade that and, of course, get into the things that you're going to do to make sure that you get the most out of that when it's time to resell. 
59%. That is huge. Yeah, it really is. When you're talking, you know, uh, about the kinds of shear forces and, and the just the kind of punishment that axles go through, when you can increase your axle strength by a factor of one half or more, that's, that's a huge deal. Uh, and when it requires very little modifications and, and really something that can be done in your driveway in an afternoon, you know, the, the, really the attractiveness of that kind of a modification becomes very apparent and, and something that really gets moved up to the top of the list rather quickly. So I don't want to yeah, put I you. Have, in, I don't want to put you in a bad situation, but does any of this stuff translate over to the XJ or the TJ uh, Dana Thirty? Absolutely. In fact, a lot of this stuff does correspond back and forth between the earlier models of Dana Thirty. Now, some of the stuff is going to be, you know, uh, model specific, year specific. Obviously, the gussets on a JK Dana Thirty, or maybe the the C's on a on a JK Dana Thirty, are going to be a little bit different than what you see on an on an XJ or an MJ or or a TJ. Um, and so, you know, specific part numbers and stuff, which we haven't gotten into or whatnot, is going to come into play a little bit here. Prices might be a little bit different from one to the other. And, of course, the the actual diameters and, and, and profiles of parts and stuff like that is going to be slightly different from one to the other as well. But that's not to say that this exact stuff cannot be applied to the Dana 30 in your Cherokee or in your Grand Cherokee or in your TJ or something like that. They all, many companies, in fact, make the same sort of kits that come with sea gussets and inner tube uh, sleeves, uh, which can, you know, greatly improve the strength of your axle, whether it's a Dana 60, whether it's a Dana 30, Dana 44, or whatever. And that's what probably is going to have to be one of my next upgrades with with mine as well. You think because, so? You Dana, know, Dana 44 should be stronger than a 30. I, that's what I'm saying, Tammy. I, yeah. you've, got, you've got the Rubicon model. You've got the Dana 44s in there, which are a stronger axle than a Dana 30. Still, you know, there are points that can be upgraded. Mm -hmm. Is it necessary for you? I don't think you're quite at that point yet. Now, when you start maybe looking at some 38s, when you start looking at, well, all I wheel are double black diamond trails now, mm -hmm. that's when you start getting into, right. okay, I really need to start considering stepping up the strength of of the running gear underneath my jeep here we need to make sure that i've got the armor that i've got you know things that are you know improved in areas where they need to be so that i can continue wheeling in this kind of terrain and again it really comes down to the kind of terrain that you're wheeling if you're just your jeep is a hunting rig you occasionally see some trails if you don't get into the rocks and the really heavy stuff then a lot of this stuff well, probably not going to apply to you now, obviously, making an axle stronger is always going to be a good thing. But if you never end up in a situation where you really need this added strength, it's going to be a wasteful, a wasted mod for you. So, if uh, I don't know if this is on your your uh, plan for mm. this the series or not, but if you could end up with uh, how far you can jump your Jeep after these mods, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> What's the maximum distance? All right. And it would how still be air, okay. How much air and hang time can I get? We need to get these numbers down here. Well, hey, guys, until we get to that point, if you guys have anything to add, maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. It'll come straight to us. And who knows? You might get your answer or your question answered here on the show. Extreme Terrain's YouTube series, Throttle Out, hosted by Ryan Huck, features a variety of topics in the Wrangler and off-roading niche in a monthly basis. With more aftermarket parts becoming available for the new 2018 JL, Ryan's pretty excited to show some of them off by putting together Extreme Terrain's latest Throttle Out, titled, First Five Parts to Buy for Your JL Wrangler. 
Now, I'm sure some of the first few mods our listeners would rattle off may include things like, well, your basic wheel and tire setup, lift kits, etc. But with the design changes made to the JL, there are some key points in this video that you're going to want to see for yourself. Who knows? You might just learn something. For example, a JL Wrangler could potentially fit 37-inch tires using the Skyjacker 2 to 2.5-inch dual-rate long-travel lift kit featured. However, should you? Well, you'll have to view for yourself to see what Ryan chooses and his reasoning behind it. Click the link today in Jeep's talk show, show notes to watch Extreme Terrain's latest throttle, ep throttle out episode and be sure to enter their Deegan 38 armor sweepstakes every day for the chance to win one of two $3,000 prize packages from ExtremeTerrain.com. Veteran owned and operated Route 16 Off-Road is a brand that focuses on giving back. This is a company that looks for ways to help elevate the Jeeper, their rig, and the events they attend. Always looking for ways to support the Jeep community, of course, finding ways to keep some money in every Jeeper's pocket. Route 16 Off-Road has helped sponsor some great clubs and events from the Uari OHV Jamboree, Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam, Carolina Trails Off-Road, Uari Invasion, the Marine Recon Challenge, Top Sail Island Jeep Week, and upcoming, the upcoming 36 hours of URI Adventure Race, Team True Patriot. If we are at an event you are attending, make sure you just stop by our area and say hi, answer a quick question for a Jeep Talk Show decal, or even order your next parts in our web orders tent. You find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even Pinterest at Route16, R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X. Or just head straight to our website at Route16.com. That's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com. Route 16 Off-Road. We live the Jeep life and give back to it, too. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast. At my mom's house. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, we have another interview for you tonight. It's something you've come to expect here on the, the Jeep Talk Show. And uh, tonight we're going to be talking to Tammy Sorrento. Am I, am I saying that correctly, Tammy? You are. And she is with Fireball Approves. Uh, now, this doesn't have anything to do with like Mad Dog 4040 or anything, right? No, it doesn't. <laughs> but everyone does think that. They always think of Fireball Whiskey. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not a drinker, but I, I don't think the Mad Dog has anything to do with, with the Fireball, but it, it, made me, it made me think of alcohol. So there, there you go. Um, so now, Tammy, I, I, know I always like starting with uh, a little something about the, the individual that we're talking about before we get into the, the meat of the conversation. So uh, I, I got to start with uh, what kind of Jeep do you have? Oh, Tony, I don't have a Jeep. Well, Tammy, why are you here? <laughs> well, that's because I am sure you have many, many listeners, and they are probably in the market for a Jeep. And you know what? I can help with that. Really? So you sell Jeeps? Well, I don't sell Jeeps. But what <laughs> I do, so that that's two out of two there, Tony. Um, what I do is I keep people from getting scammed when they are purchasing vehicles from private owners. Ah, okay. So, you know, I don't know if you throw this out there. Um, I always get worried about buying anything uh, off of eBay. 
I can't imagine why anybody would buy a, a, a vehicle off of eBay. That sounds like that would be just perfect place to get scammed. Well, you know what? It's not only eBay. What I am finding is Cars.com, Auto Trader, Craigslist, Facebook. You would be surprised at where consumers search for vehicles. So how does uh, th- uh, this company that you have, uh, Fireball Approves, how, d- how do you uh, manage to figure out what's scammy and what's not? Well, a lot of research and mostly from my customer base. They tell me what scams are happening. And in fact, when I started the company, I actually had a personal account and it wasn't on a vehicle purchase, but it was a rental, a vacation rental. And I did all of the public records checks that I could and came very close The only thing that I could not actually confirm, so therefore I didn't take the risk, is I could not confirm if the person that I was dealing with was the owner. Because how do you know? I could check public records. I knew who the owner was, but I didn't know if the person, even though they had the name of the owner as their email address, come to find out that was not them. And I was able to find a prior renter, and it was a total scam. And this other couple had flown from Chicago to go to the same location I was interested in over New Year's Eve weekend. Oh, my gosh. What a nightmare. I'm surprised somebody did get shot in the process. (laughs) (laughs) You're not kidding. And that's the thing. The scams, um, how, how do you find them? Yeah. When you're only dealing with them over email and over the phone. So I asked her, okay, you know, when you're making a purchase or you're making a reservation, you're usually using PayPal and you're using your credit card. So they protected you, right? Well, would you know, I just could not believe she said that her credit card issuer It took six months to get her money back because they considered that person to person and not person to business. Oh, okay. So who can float that kind of money, especially if you're in a different area and now you have to come up with temporary accommodations. So my mind got to reeling and I thought, you know what? This is what I wanted when I was in this situation, so I created it. Then I thought, where else can I help people from getting scammed? And as I was researching and just pouring through news articles, um, listening to stories of how people are getting scammed, the next logical choice was vehicle purchases. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm talking to you today. And so, that's because, oh, go ahead. So it sounds like to me, uh, and f- forgive me for being frank, it, you just got pissed off. <laughs> how Pretty dare much. How dare they do this to me, <laughs> and I want to s- screw over the scammers from this point forward. So, And you know what? That is exactly what I do, because <laughs> when I find that an ad is from a scammer, I report them to the FBI. I am not playing around. And oftentimes, the advertisers, and this goes for vehicles, 
they are even out of the country. So if you were, I mean, out of the country, they're out of state. So even if you do go to your local police department, A, how do you track them down? Right. B, now uh, one that comes to mind, it was a, um, someone was purchasing a vehicle here in Florida. I think it was in the panhandle. And the person that was advertising that was in Phoenix. So I turned over my information to the FBI. So I'm going to do everything I can to shut them down. Now, how I keep consumers protected is they give me either the URL of the listing and I will contact the seller. And what I'm asking for is who's the owner of that vigle what's the make the model the then the email and the phone number I have tools that the public does not have and my background is insurance I'm actually an adjuster so okay. I I pretty much research everything for a living not everyone has those skills so what I did is I contacted a vendor that financial institutions use and this is for skip tracing so what i do is i take that information and i make sure that they are dealing that the consumers are dealing without a shadow of a doubt with the owner or not i take it a step further for the vehicle um service and that is i also make sure that that vehicle wasn't stolen and something i've learned is how scammers are getting away with it but they're not getting away with it with me fireball approves <laughs> I, I like that uh, so it sounds like to me it's a very involved detailed process and uh, we haven't spoken price here yet, but uh, I'll, I'll just jump it in now. For, for, what, for what little you're asking, it sounds like a, a lot of work for a little bit of money. It is, and it's $19. So you are actually spending thousands. You are giving someone that you don't know, and I'm hoping that you don't trust, because this is the sharing economy that we're in. If you're looking for a special type of vehicle, it may be someone that's not in your area. So in order to reserve that vehicle, like a Jeep, you're going to send at least a deposit. Right. Now, if it's a stolen vehicle, what these scammers are doing is they will steal a vehicle drive around until they find a comparable vehicle that matches the model, the make, the color, and the year. They notate that VIN number of the one that they found, and they will create a VIN plate with that same information. So the consumer lo and behold they have no idea so what i'm telling our consumers is don't go by just the vin number that's in the windshield 
check it against the tag that's inside the car, inside the door. Make sure it, it is also the same number that is etched in the glass. What happens is, let's say that they find the Jeep of their dreams. So they send the money. Now they're either going to have it shipped where they are, or they're actually going to go out there and go pick it up. When are they going to find out that there's a problem with that vehicle? Probably when, when they go to they, register it. <laughs> exactly. And do you think you're going to find the person that sold it to them? No. No, no but, the, but, the, but the police but the police will find the rightful owner. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. So I keep people from buying stolen vehicles, and I am a level of scam prevention. And that's my passion. After I saw how easy it was for a scammer to take advantage of a consumer when we are in this sharing economy, and this hits all age groups. Do you know that fraud last year cost $50 billion? And it is rising every year. Yeah, nobody wants to go get a job. There's, uh, I think I told a recent uh, scammer uh, on email, I said, don't they have a McDonald's in your country? Can't you just go get a real job? <laughs> seems like to me it would be less work, too. So, you would think. Absolutely. So, Tammy, um, step me through the process. Say say I'm interested in buying a vehicle. And, uh, well, first off, let me ask you this. The first thing that comes to mind, and I think a lot of listeners will think this as well, if you're going to buy a vehicle, uh, you, you watch the TV, you see all those Carfax commercials. Yes. Uh, how is Carfax uh, different than uh, than what, what you're providing? Now, I think I know the answer already because of the VIN stuff you're talking about, but, but let, right. me, let me let you answer. Okay. Well, Carfax is phenomenal. That is a great tool. That's a tool for you to know whether or not that vehicle has been in an accident. What type of repairs has that vehicle undergone? So those are clues whether or not it's a vehicle that you are truly interested in. My product is a complement to that because the one thing you're not going to get with Carfax is who is the legal owner. And because scammers can look up this information, they're going to tell you that they are uh, John Smith that owns that vehicle. But how do you know that you are in fact in touch with John Smith? So that's where we come in. There is no doubt if they pass our um, our research and our credentialing, then you are good to go. And, you know, that's the greatest thing is we have inquiries where someone's buying a vehicle and when they give us the information and we use our tools that is not available to the public. I love being able to say yes, because we were able to check the phone number. We were able to check the email and we know you are in contact with that owner. So it's a level of trust. Sure. So people don't have to worry about whether or not they're dealing with the right person. So Carfax is awesome, but we take it a step further. We are also making sure that that vehicle wasn't stolen, that the VIN wasn't cloned, and that you are, in fact, 
in touch with the owner. The real and live, no one else, the real live yes. person. So let me exactly. let, let me ask you the next part of this, which was step me through the process. I have a vehicle that I'm interested in purchasing, but I'm concerned. I want to make sure that you know I've, I've, I've run a Carfax on it. Everything looks fine, but I'm still concerned. How do I use Fire, Fireball Approves to uh, to handle my concerns and make sure this is a good purchase? Well, it could not be any easier. And anyone could go to our website, which is www.4, which is just F-O-R, no scams, dot U-S, because our services are available nationwide. Um, they would go there, they would click on services, and then it would be a vehicle verification. Now, if you happen to know what the make and the model and the VIN, um, please fill out that information. But we've made it as easy as possible. If you're looking at an ad on any of those platforms I named, that would be the Craigslist, that would be the cars.com, the auto trader. Um, oftentimes, people are selling vehicles on Facebook. Yep. Then all you have to do is copy the URL for that ad and get this, we will make contact on your behalf. So we're the middleman. We're gonna make sure that the vehicle that they're advertising, that they are the owner. So this circumvents anyone ever happening to even speak or correspond with a scammer. Excellent. So um, is there any kind of guarantee with the information you provide? Um, there is. And we just now started charging. Tony, would you believe that all of our services were free for an entire year? <laughs> well, that's not a good business model at all. <laughs> it's not. But you know what? I wanted to have enough of the test market sure. for our business. So the charge is $19 to have us run our verification. And when you're thinking of the, the absolute thousands of dollars, that's what we are making sure that the consumers are avoiding the potential, not only the money, but imagine the time oh, and yeah. the hassle. Well, especially if you're traveling someplace to go look at something, you'd, right. you'd, you'd like to know that it's really going to be there and really available before you make that long trip. So now the $19, is that like, uh, I'm really interested in this vehicle, but it turns out to be a scam or I decide against it and I've done the $19 fireball approves. Uh, and it either checked out or it didn't. Now I found another vehicle. So would that be another $19? And it would be because you know what, Tony? We actually pay for the tools that we're using. No, I, and, I have no problem with it. I think uh, I yes. think $19 is really cheap for all the work that you guys are putting into this. I just want to make sure the audience it. understands. So it, it works a lot like the Carfax does because if you, you, know, you want to pull a Carfax, you can uh, either buy a bundle uh, for several, or uh, I think they may have unlimited or something. I know you can buy three at one go, or you just buy it as you need it. And it sounds like the similar thing here. You 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 got something that you're you're looking at, and 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 correct me. I think you said this is anything that you can buy: uh, rentals, houses, uh, vehicles. It doesn't just have to be vehicles, correct? That's correct. We also do business verifications, and the reason why is because 
anytime you're going to hire someone like a contractor to come to your home, you think of Angie's List. Right. Well, Angie's List is awesome for reviews. So I want to make sure that the public knows if you look at the fine print, it states that the insurance and the license is self-reported. This means that someone could have awesome reviews. They could be a great contractor. And I always pick on roofers. And a reason I do that is because that is such a high risk liability um, profession. So let's say that you hire a roofer based on word of mouth or you checked out Angie's List or any of, of the other review sites. Now you have this contractor come to your home. Worst case scenario, they get hurt on your property and they don't have insurance. Guess who's paying the bill? Well, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a scammer. It's not really my house. So whoever really owns the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, I have another scenario for you. Um, when... You take your vehicle to a body shop. And the reason I learned about this Uh (laughs) was a different podcast that I was on. And this is why my services is so important. Um, Fireball approves, keeps you from getting burned when you rent, buy, or hire. When you take your vehicle to a body shop, and this is what happened to one of my other interviewers, They stated that their sister had taken her car into a body shop, had it repaired. The employee took it for a test drive. Now, once again, I only have worst case scenarios to throw out there, but it does make you think. So the employee takes her vehicle on a test drive. He hits and kills a pedestrian. Oh, no. Would you know that the body shop did not have insurance? So once again, guess who was sued? My goodness. That's not something the, you'd think about, you know, until it, until customer. after it happens. Exactly. The customer. So any time that you are trusting your vehicle, your home, we make sure that the insurance is valid, is up to date, because here's something else. This is my insurance background coming to you for your benefit. When you take out a policy, your business, your roofer, your, you are a tiler, you uh, repair HVAC, air conditioning, you're a landscaper. Mm-hmm. If you take out a policy for your business, the down payment is equal to 60 days. That's two months. Now, the business that you're hiring could show you a certificate of insurance because they did pay the down payment. But how do you know that they made any of the the follow-up payments? Right. So if you're within that next four-month period, Who's to say that that insurance is in force? Right. That's what I guard against. Well, Tammy, I'm going to make sure. 
Tammy, I can't. I, I just can't believe the price from what you're saying because you're you're literally saving people thousands, potentially thousands of dollars. How did you come up with 19 bucks? I mean, I realize that you know you got to come up with something that makes it reasonable for people to pay, but it just sounds like such a disparity between the amount of work and and money savings, potential money savings, and and the 19 dollars. It sounds like such a small amount. Well, Tony, this is my passion. And that's why I priced it. And I have had many, even investors tell me, you are not charging enough for what you're doing. (laughs) But you know what? I can sleep at night. Yeah. And I get my fulfillment from keeping people from getting burned. Um, Back to the home. We had someone that was actually looking at a rental. It was a long-term rental. A mother of two, she was a single mother of two children. Now, that took me back to when I was a single mother of two children. She's looking at this home that she wants to rent. She went through us for the verification. That home that was advertised on Craigslist was in foreclosure. And the person that was advertising it had nothing to do with that home. That is my fulfillment. Yeah. I am not going to let someone go down that road if I can help it. And in addition to that, I partnered. Now, I am the verification side. I partnered with someone out in Seattle, opposite ends of the USA, uh-huh. <laughs> polar opposites. And she developed a Chrome extension. It's called Cluck. Her website is cluckcluck.co. Cluck meaning um, like input. If someone is has rented a home and they, you know, something wasn't right about it or they weren't treated fairly and etc. This is a Chrome extension that actually overlays Craigslist. So if you're looking on Craigslist to rent a home, a vacation home, a long-term home, we have partnered together. And this is a free extension on the actual listing for Craigslist. You'll see a link that says, is this ad legitimate? You click it, it goes straight to me. I make sure we're actually even combing through Craigslist and finding our own scams. <laughs> That's a nightmare for scammers. Well, before before we wrap this thing up, Tammy, but before we wrap this up, uh, Tammy, let me let me see if I can get a payoff here for you uh, or from you. Now, you mentioned turning things over to the FBI. Have you have do you got any happy endings here? Do you have any happy endings where people were arrested or uh, uh, scammers were put out of business uh, long term? You know, for five or ten or something. I hope so, and you know that's the point of. Oh. I was uh, hoping you had a colorful story that there maybe I was a, a shootout. <laughs> That's the one thing that the FBI won't let you know. Oh, that's too bad. Have you considered uh, Have you considered an enforcement arm uh, where you know you you uh, get the tactical gear and you actually send people out to attack scammers? Uh, don't put it past me. <laughs> <laughs> I am that passionate. 
I, th- I think that'd be fun. You could get uh, an older guy with really long hair, and he could go by the the name Dog, and he could go out there and and beat up these uh, beat up these scammers for you. Great for a YouTube channel too. So, so Tammy, you know how the kids love the social media. How can they reach out? I think we mentioned the website. Tell the tell people where the website is again, and of course we'll have that in the the that uh, URL in the show notes. But uh, tell people where they can uh, reach out to you, reach out to Fireball Approves, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, what I did, um, of course, Fireball Approves doesn't tell you what I do, and I did that purposely because the three products that I'm offering, that's not going to be the end. I am researching scams ah. every day. So that's why I named it that. I went ahead and updated the website so that it does tell you what I do. And once again, that is for no scams. Cannot get any clearer than that. For no scams.us. The .us because we are nationwide. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Google+. We are accredited with the Better Business Bureau. We also are a member of the local chapter of the Chamber of Commerce. So if someone wants to do research on us, we're an open book. But we've been in business for over a year. We are catching the scammers. My, and you know what? I may even be working myself out of a job, but I would be happy as can be if we got to a point where no. there were, were <laughs> no, scammers. The scammers are going to have been here since the beginning of time, and they'll be here to the end of time because there are people out there that don't want to work for a living. I think that yeah. you have a, a good business here that you'll be at for a long time. I'm afraid you might run yourself to death. Do you have any, uh, you got any help over there? Uh, you know what? My daughter is a chip off the old block, and she is just as passionate, sometimes if not more, than I am. So right now we are a family business, but the longer we stay in business, the I hope to expand. And sure. we're in the U.S. right now. I plan on actually branching out to Canada, Mexico. Before you know it, we'll be global. Oh, there's and no scammers in Canada. Those people are too <laughs> nice to each other. <laughs> But you know what? We don't want the Canadians to get scanned by us. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tammy, I can't thank you enough for being here with us tonight and a very interesting product. And it's really cool because especially with a vehicle purchase, everybody, I think, thinks of Carfax, but everybody's still a little nervous about the purchase. And this gives you another layer, uh, another layer of protection. Uh, So it sounds like $19 well spent. I would hope so. Thanks again, Tammy, and we uh, hope to have you back on here real soon. Uh, you know, I'd really like to have a story of uh, what happened to a scammer, you know, that you turned in. You know, maybe maybe it'd have to be somebody that, that wasn't the FBI that took care of it. But, boy, if you have one of those, let's let's get you back on here, even if it's for a, a few minutes, and, and, and let people know. Because yeah. everybody hates scammers, and they'd love to hear about one just getting <laughs> nailed to the wall. You got that right. <laughs> I will definitely keep you posted, Tony. Right. And Tony, thank you so much for having us because our biggest hurdle is there was never a company to do this prior. So how do people know to even look for us? Sure. Yeah, you, you have to know how to do the, the Google search. If you can't do the Google yes. search, you can't get along in the world these days. 
Exactly. So you're helping make the world a better place as well. Excellent. I like that. All right, Tammy, thanks a lot. And uh, you'll have to join us again really soon. You will. Thank you, Tony. Oh, big thanks again to Tammy Sereno for taking the time to talk about Fireball Approved. Fireball Approved is a great new way to make sure none of us ever get scammed again by a fake Jeep ad. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show? Well, do you work in the off-road industry or maybe you know somebody who does? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our ne next great guest. It could be you. Hey, coming up next week, we'll be talking to Mike Heath, who is the Atlantic Division Director of True Patriot, Inc., a veteran-founded and managed charity organization that is driven to provide relief, support, joy, and loyalty to our nation's active duty military, veterans, and their family through programs they provide. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just want to thank uh, Gabe for talking about how to, how to quiet down our light bars. Uh, my light bar has a nasty whistle. I've got a brief audio clip of it. Here it is. And I also noticed that Josh wasn't in the studio this week. It's probably because he has to spend his nights sitting on his porch and guarding his Honda. So I would like to uh, ha address an open letter to the person stealing Josh's Honda. Please stop stealing Josh's Honda. Once was funny. Twice, yeah, it was kind of cute. Four times, you're like that guy at the party that goes around telling the same bad joke to everybody, trying to get a laugh. And then finally, you do get a laugh, but realize they're not laughing at with you. They're laughing at you. And believe me, I know what that sounds like. So please stop stealing Josh's Honda. It's really lame. And so is stealing. And you got to know you, you don't look cool driving around in a stolen Honda. If, if you want to see what you look like, just hang outside Josh's house in the morning and watch him when he goes to work. Yeah, that's what you look like. So please, stop stealing Josh's Honda. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. You must have needed this every day. It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff, pick of the week for your Jeep. Well, we know that some of you listeners out there have already gotten yourselves a brand spanking new 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL, and I've already seen a couple on the road that have already had a couple modifications done to them. Daystar has introduced the bow correction coil isolators for the 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL. From the warranty-keeping Mopar lifts to the brand-new aftermarket lifts for the JL, they all use the stock OEM coil isolator. And in some cases, that has caused the front coil springs to flex outward substantially and rub against other parts of the suspension. Not something you want on a brand spanking new Jeep. Now, this causes problems in handling, safety, and articulation, not to mention, well, it looks like crap. The Daystar isolators are designed to correct the geometry of your aftermarket lifts, by aftermarket lifts front coil springs, rather, to eliminate the bowing and the rubbing that is caused by lifting the JL. Now, bow correction coil isolators are said to install quickly without specialized tools and are covered by Daystar's Go Everywhere warranty. Isolators are also available specifically for the Mopar lift kit as well. So whether you have aftermarket springs or the Mopar springs, they've got something for you. So regardless of which lift you're running on your JL, Daystar does have a solution to get those coil springs back in line. The Daystar JL coil bow correction kit 
will run you $40.73 with free shipping if you use the Amazon link that we'll have in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Yeah, I had to look at that picture that we have here in our show notes. Uh, well, I'll be sure and put that in uh, the, the main show notes as well. But uh, I, I had to look at that uh, carefully because it... I was a little surprised to see that it's bowed like towards the wheel, towards the wheel and tire. Yeah, I've yeah. seen it bowed, you know, forward. Like on my my XJ, it gets close to the uh, uh, the link uh, that connects up to the sway bar. Uh, but uh, I don't ever seen one like this. Is this also a JK issue? No, I don't think so. The, the JL has completely different spring perches and everything. This is gotcha. this is specific to the JL. Now, obviously. If you lift your vehicle improperly, you're going to have some weird spring geometry going on. So if you, let's say you lift your vehicle, uh, you don't adjust your your uh, your control arms, uh, that axle is not going to be in the position that it's supposed to be under the Jeep. Let's say you lift your vehicle and you don't adjust the track bar, uh, and now your, tra- your, your axle is sitting crooked underneath the Jeep. Right. It's off to one side or whatnot. You're going to get spring bow in any one of these situations. So... Is this JL specific? Well, this item is. Is this a problem that is specific to the JL? Absolutely not. This will apply, this problem rather, applies to any spring, um, sprung, uh, coil sprung vehicle uh, that has an improper lift on it. Okay, so if the uh, the track bar wasn't adjusted right, you could get a, a bowing like this, but both springs yep. would be bowed uh, the same direction. Um, Correct. More than likely. I got you. Yeah. That makes sense. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some of the events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. Well, I'm going to talk about something that is probably the most interesting subject of this entire show. <gasps> the Jeep Talk Show Survey. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Now here we go again. So anticlimactic. <laughs> So anyway, I just thought I'd uh, throw this out here because, uh, you know, there's been lots of people that, uh, that, that took it, uh, and you can still go over and take it. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll see uh, the survey where you can click on it. Anyway, uh, many of you that follow the Jeep talk show on social media may have seen posts, uh, about filling out our our survey. Now this isn't the one we were pushing months ago, uh, but our own homespun homegrown survey. Uh, it will let you rate each of the show's segment, and even when you listen, uh, and even how, when you listen to the show, uh, like if it's right away or whenever you feel like it, or I like the one where the guy did the the fill in where he says that he forgets about the show, that he binge listens to a bunch of them, and then he forgets <laughs> about it again, and he binge listens, <laughs> which I thought was was great information. You know, he's not the only one that does that, uh, but uh, it was pretty funny. We had a much better participation rate than we thought we'd have. And uh, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that took the time oh, yeah. uh, to, to fill that out. Absolutely. We had, uh, and, and Tammy will like this, we had 69 uh, surveys taken, uh, 69 mm-hmm. people taking it. Now, I considered closing the survey because that is my favorite lucky number. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> I am just threw up in my mouth. <laughs> well, <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> And I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, <laughs> based based on the survey, though, we're gonna we're gonna be making some changes to the show. So, stay tuned, and you'll hear how your feedback will be used to make the show better. I mean, we're going for better, right, guys? <laughs> well, we can't get any worse, right? <laughs> well, if Tony keeps telling jokes, we will. Well, oh, yeah. that's that's the heart uh, of the show. <laughs> 
Now, guys, over the years, we've really taken to heart your guys' constructive criticism. We always say that we take your your criticism to heart, whether it's a pat on the back or you got to take us to task on something. I mean, look, you know, we got we got Nate calling in and correcting uh, Tammy here on the air now on some things. But uh, <laughs> no, it's in, in all seriousness, uh, we love the feedback from you guys. And since we're doing this show, I mean, yeah, we're doing it because we like doing it. Uh, we have a passion for this sort of thing, but we also do it because you guys love this. We're doing this for you guys. And when you guys get something that you don't like, we got to hear from you. And that's exactly what this survey has been providing us, exactly what you think about every aspect of the show. Now, we get those you know, pats on the back all the time. We get those reviews. You guys hear those five-star reviews. And those are great. We love hearing that we're doing a good job, but we always are striving to make the show better. And that's exactly what this is. So if you haven't taken our survey yet, it's very important that you give us your feedback we really cherish this information because it's going to help us really fine-tune this show even better moving forward. And over the course of the next several months, you guys are going to hear some announcements and you guys are going to see some changes coming up that are going to make this a much better show in the future. So if you guys want to be a part of that and you want to help out, please go to that survey link, take our survey. It's only going to take a couple minutes. There's no personal information. It's just sort of how you feel about each part of the show. And well, that's what's going to help us make it better for you. And I think kind of the cool thing is, is that it's uh, set up so that you can see uh, the 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 votes, the how everybody has selected things. So you get to see the results of the survey, which which I always like. I mean, if I'm going to take the time to fill out a survey, I'd like to see how everybody else is uh, is answering to see, uh, you know, if if I'm thinking the same direction as everybody else. Now, the very first question on the survey is, how often do you listen to the show? I, I made reference to this a little earlier. And uh, the choices are like weekly as I get a chance, weekly as soon as the episode is released, uh, when I think about it, you know, randomly. And then this is this is the ones that they wrote in, which I thought was pretty funny. Miss a bunch, then binge listen, then fall behind and binge listen. <laughs> and then a new one, only when I'm bored, which is great. I love that. It doesn't, it sounds bad, but that's exactly what we're here for. You know, that long drive, mowing the grass. Now, Gretchen told me she's tried listening to the show while she's mowing, mowing the yard, and she can't do it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if she stops paying attention and takes off a toe or <laughs> or why that is. Since that's the third dog this month, dang it. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, there's lots of things here. You can rate the uh, the individual uh, segments. Uh, what was it? It was Nate. I think Nate had uh, made a comment about, where's Wrangler Extreme? Has it been that long that I can't get my, uh, my segment uh, rated? Right. I, I told him, I said, they actually have to know about it, Nate. It's been too long. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say, I always take things way too much to heart. So I kind of got a little, cut a little hurt when I saw those, a couple of those ones for my segment. But, oh, it'll make me stronger. Yeah, of course. And that's the exactly. whole reason for it. Yeah. And, and I always mentioned this. I told Tammy this earlier. The, the, the single most dislike uh, segment of the show is Cherokee love. And I, you know, and I, I, sh- yeah, I thought about but- this, I thought about this later. I should have put on there, you know, why, like, is it because you don't have a Cherokee? You know, cause the Cherokees haven't been made since 2001 right. or is it, does it just suck that bad? And, and that's fine. I'm, I'm more than like, I'm more than happy to do something else there. Uh, but, and it is, that's great feedback. I love hearing that. It's, uh, uh, there's no sense in doing it if uh, the majority of people don't care for it. But if you go scroll down a little further, more people would fast forward through Wrangler Talk than they would through Cherokee Love. I did not see that one. 
Yeah, that's another yeah. one of those. That's another of those questions about fast forwarding. Uh, do you? Uh, which would you fast forward through? Uh, which one? Might, which would you most likely skip? Yeah. So, uh, pretty good questions there, I think. Uh, and uh, again, uh, it's it's wonderful having people fill them out. Uh, oh, this is this is one, and this is kind of one of those uh, definite sales type questions. The things that advertisers love. How likely are you to purchase a product you heard about on the show? And I was surprised to see that we had uh, ones and twos, one being the lowest, uh, five being the uh, the highest. And uh, the uh, four, which is uh, not quite um, most likely, uh, was our highest number with uh, 30 uh, participants uh, picking that one, which, you know, it's... It, that's that's great numbers i mean I, I i mean i guess i'm doing the same thing you're talking about tammy i'm focusing on that that small number there's mm-hmm. only one one uh, uh star if you will uh, and two two stars so i don't know yeah but josh has zero ones where was that what, what? <laughs> no, josh there's gotta, doesn't there's have gotta be some in there no, no, no josh has... I, I know for a fact i've pissed some people off over the years no. in uh in this week in josh, jeep segment is, which i that's, that's a segment i love the most and i i think it's done so well and I, i've always thought it's the strongest segment that we have that's why uh, i wanted to start uh the show with that and uh you know we want to try to get people interested in the show and get them to stick around for the rest of it uh josh only had or that segment i should say only had uh th- five uh threes uh, the rest were fours and fives, and the vast majority were fives. So, Josh, uh, really well done. Well, thank you, guys, and and thank you all to the listeners out there. It's, it's this kind of stuff that's going to help us fine-tune the show uh, to make sure that we're you know trying to keep as much of you people out there as happy as we can doing this. So, anyway, I'm chattering about this. I just had fun uh, doing the survey and uh, just so tickled pink that uh, people were uh, were filling it out. But, you know, you it's not too late for you to take the survey. Uh, you just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Look for the big survey button and click that. It'll take you over there and you can fill that out too. And it'll be okay if it's no longer uh, 69 participants. I'll get over it. Well, between the wildfires in uh, Oregon and the African dust down here in the uh, the Gulf of Mexico, uh, I don't know. We should be wheezing and uh, all sounding like Wolfman Jack, I think. Well, you need Man, to been... see all the flooding in New Jersey and oh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's horrible. Well, you guys heard about that? You guys heard about that Jeep dealership that got flooded, yes. right? Oh, yeah. We yeah, got they, an email somebody... about that. Yeah, well, they sent us an email with uh, with a video actually yeah. of this Jeep dealership, you know, just right adjacent to this little, you know, creek or you know, little mini, right. mini, mini, mini river. You could probably right. at a full sprint, maybe even jump across it, you know, on foot when it's you know at normal level. But they've gotten a lot of rain over there, and that that thing had had crested its banks and had flooded the entire dealership so much that it actually lifted vehicles up and carried them downstream. And they were piling up at this bridge that people were standing at, um, you know, taking this video and just one Jeep after another floating down the water, crashing into each other, hitting the bridge. I mean, it was like nothing I've ever seen before. And just the amount of damage done i cannot imagine hopefully that dealership has good insurance so the i have never felt so bad about seeing uh the new jeep cherokee and renegades uh flooded oh, and trashed so yeah. bad it was just I so know. bad 
<laughs> you're just like, oh my god, stop them! But there's nothing you can do. No, there's nothing. Yeah, you just gotta wait for the waters to recede, and it'll go in there with cranes and tow trucks and wreckers, and and pull them all out. And and they, some of them will likely get reconditioned. They'll go back to the factory or whatever. Uh, the yeah, dealership's they, they gonna vacuum them out, put a sale sign on they, it. They, yeah. shouldn't, they should not have ingested any water. There shouldn't be any hydrolocking going on. They weren't running. No, so. uh, no, it'd just be interior damage primarily, uh, and then of course Lots whatever body, body damage. damage from, yeah, yeah. lots of body damage. If you're into mushrooms, uh, there you go. You just go out to your uh, vehicle and get them whenever you want. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm I'm sure that uh, those things are aren't going to be uh, leaking any fluid as they uh, you know haven't uh, well, haven't really even been ran. They just you know got a bunch of uh, water leaking out of them. Um, unlike my transfer case, which is no longer leaking, I'm s- totally stoked. I hope, you, I hope you sent a sternly worded uh, uh, letter to the folks that rebuilt that NP242 for you because that should not have happened. That the, that was me all that time. That I'm, I'm sorry, what? That 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 was, that was me. <laughs> what? <laughs> so um, the last time that I was in this in this transfer case, it took me three times to get it right. This time I was in the transfer case, it took me three times to get it right. The <laughs> rear well, output improving. shaft, yeah, the the rear output shaft seal on uh, the MP two thirty one or the MP two forty two transfer cases is a very tricky seal to get on perfectly. And I thought that I had ass. done it right the first time. I really wasn't paying attention. I was like, okay, I know what I did wrong the first time that I was in there back when, you know, umpteen dozen years ago when I did the slip yoke eliminator. Um, so I'm going to do the same tricks that I did back then to put the, the seal in correctly. And I thought I, I went through the whole process. I thought I'd done it right. Nope. That sprayed a bunch of fluid underneath it. You know, so, all right. So I did it again. Got a new seal, put that one in. And I, I was really paying attention this time. Thought I had gotten it right. Nope. Same thing. And around town, it didn't really leak. I didn't see anything. But once I got on the freeway, got started getting the pressures up in the transfer case, and that's when they started, you know, spewing out the fluid. I rolled that lip just a little bit. I'm talking about less than a sixteenth of an inch of surface area of that lip had rolled over on me, and that's all it took to, you know, almost soak the underside of the Jeep with with transfer case fluid. So um, I, I will say that after this, having gone through the the seal that the uh, Novak Adapt uh, Rebuild Kit had in it, and then going with a seal that you know my local parts stores had, um, I, and then ordering an actual Timken brand seal, I will say the brand absolutely matters. The Timken seal was so far above and beyond better designed and manufactured than these other two seals. It was a night and day difference just in visual impressions alone. Once I'm getting the seal on, I could tell immediately that the, the, the durometer of the rubber, how, how stiff that rubber was where it makes contact with the shaft, was substantially more stiff than the, uh, the other ones that I was getting from the parts stores and from the Novak kit. Um, on, in addition to that, it, it came pre-lubed with some assembly grease actually on the inside of the, of, um, of the seal and around the contact surfaces um, in a very unique little pattern that promoted, uh, you know, lubrication as you push this thing on. So all these factors led to an installation that went easier, went smoother, and upon visual inspection afterwards, with a magnifying glass even, um, did not roll the lip and is sealing absolutely perfectly. 
So I, I am very much impressed and blown away with the differences between a Timken seal and these other seals, you know, uh, by various other manufacturers. Really, Timken is the only seal that I would use when it comes to sealing up my transfer case or, for that matter, even my wheel bearings. So. So the the entire build uh, rebuild of the the two forty uh, yeah the two forty two um, yeah. as far as you know everything was great there was no issues the only problem you had was that one seal and re- using the Timken seal is is the absolute way uh, to go if you're if you're rebuilding a or having a leak uh, on the the two thirty one or the two forty two so the hundred percent the kit was and, fine and with the exception the of kit that was one fine. seal absolutely and in fact I'm going to write Novak and and share with them my experience now I've been into a lot of transfer cases and and by far this Timken seal is stands out so much above all the others this should be the only seal that they are including in their kit yeah, uh, and for all the reasons that I listed so. So now you have two, right? And you've got a spare. I do have a spare. I bought two <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, there is a chance. There is a very good chance that I'm going to screw this up for whatever reason. It's been in the 90s here for like, I don't know, three weeks straight. It has just been miserably hot. And especially for the Northwest, we don't do 90 degree plus weather very, uh, you know, all that often. We don't do it very well. Um, and so when it's like in the mid 90s for 10, 14 days straight, and we haven't even seen rain in like a month or more. Um, it, it's just it is it's just miserable hot out here. And I, I, my garage doesn't have any windows, very little circulation. It's just too hot to do much of anything out there. So a lot of stuff has been on hold. You know, when we get dipped down for like a day into the 80s, it's like, okay, quick, I got to get some yard work done, get some Jeep work done. I got to get out in the garage. I got to do this, that, and the other thing. Oh, God, hurry up. Josh, is he still there? He is. He he was finishing up on a high over. note. Oh, I, over. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what happened to him? He threw up a little in his mouth. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um. Have you guys seen you know all these videos of people dancing? Uh, I forget what it's called. Is this it's the special- walking next to the the vehicle yeah. with the door open? Oh God. Yeah. Well, today it's I shared it on my um my oh, facebook no. page please oh, tell no. me you did not go out and no, do the whole kiki no. do you love me no, bs no, no. dance thing i <sighs> but another jeeper did in a wrangler and it just goes to show you how these jeeps are so amazing and can drive by themselves the guy he was messing around apparently at a campsite and there are some rocks and, and they must have been in an off-road park or something and he gets out, and the the point is not watching him dance, but it's seeing the jeep go over the rocks <laughs> without itself. a driver. Yeah. Oh, it's like it's not it's not in a parking lot or there, just like out on the grass or in pretty, the road or that's something. That's pretty He's, cool. Uh, Got it all right, crawl, all right, you know? All right. I'll give him some originality <laughs> points then. That that's a little bit better than anything else I've seen so right. far. It's it's the anyway. It's on my Facebook page. I shared it, so that was that was pretty cool. That does that does um, sound pretty cool. Yeah, somebody challenged me to do it, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't dance. And they said that's what would make it funny. Yeah, so <laughs> be doing the Elaine. Uh, so I don't that, that you know you talking about that reminds me of something. Uh, I've heard uh, John and uh, his crew over there at uh, the Center Steer Podcast talking about the Land Rovers having a remote driving capability. So that whenever you're going in uh, in and over uh, rocky or dangerous terrain, you get out of the vehicle and have it drive up and over the rocks. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no. And then get back uh, in it when it's I'll safe. Pass. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> Talk about taking the fun out of it all. Right. <laughs> Next thing you know, the damn people are going to extend this to sex. Okay, you need to stand over here because it's too safe. It's much safer than being over there. Yeah, wow. it's just amazing. Now they may have been, uh, you know, goofing around a little bit, but they were talking about some remote driving capabilities. Of course, you know, uh, uh, Land Rover, the uh, the British folks, that is the the home of James Bond. So yeah, obviously they have to come up with remote driving capabilities. Right. Gotta love the autopilot. <laughs> um, I wanted to let you guys know too. I am 14 subscribers away on my YouTube channel. Um from hitting 2000 K subscribers. And Woo! when I, I know when I do that, I'm going to have a giveaway and I just want everyone to know once I hit 2000, I just want to thank all the support that I've been getting. And I'm going to give where away you got the, the $2,000 for the giveaway. That's just amazing. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> 2000 subscribers. I'm, I'm going to give away a few things. Um, three items. And um, I also am going to throw in my Jeep Mama chapstick. Um, used or not? I, no, it's not okay. used, Tony. Because there'll, there'll be a few people out there who'd rather have it yeah. used. <laughs> um, anyway, I, th- I thought it was really cool. I'm, I'm going to be donating um, a bunch of them into the swag bags for the Women's Wheeling event coming up in September. Um, so anyway, stay tuned. Keep watching or listening to the jeep talk show and i'll announce when the giveaway is going to start i just need to hit 2000 i need 14 more so also you can check out my social media sites to stay tuned for the giveaway and this is purple chapstick right or close to it it's raspberry so it's probably red oh not the direction i was going but i'm glad i asked (laughs) (laughs) well that makes one of us (laughs) um but the the outside of the chapstick is purple. It's yeah, it's my, got go. my Jeep Mama logo, so there you go. Um, and I just wanted to give you guys a quick update. Um, last week I shared with you about the woman who rolled her Jeep after she got done off roading. She is still in a coma. Good the, lord! Yeah. Um, the doctors are confirming that her brain injury is serious, and it's a little more serious than they. They thought because That's she's not coming out of her um, her coma, but they're still hopeful. She also has pneumonia right now, but they're just oh, asking man. for everyone just to say some prayers um, so she can, you know, heal and hopefully come out of this okay. How long has it been now? Is it uh, two weeks? It was August 4th, I believe was when the accident was yeah uh, about two weeks so that's a shame and that's not too long for a coma so hopefully she'll come out for uh, come out of it real soon and uh, i would love to hear about a full recovery and uh, absolutely maybe even get her on the show and uh i'd I'd really like to know what uh, what the failure was uh, right we still haven't heard Yeah. yeah she's just she has a lot of broken her chest bone just a lot of broken things i think that just needs to heal so Everybody say a prayer, put her on your prayer list at church if that's what you do. Um, the more the help, the better. So uh, I'm going to change my focus from uh, doing the oil cooling uh, to adding an additional heater core. I know I've spoken uh, to uh, about this in the past. I know I've spoken to uh, Tammy and, uh, and you, Josh, uh, on chat about doing this. And it, it, 
it, it didn't dawn on me until uh, recently. Um, uh, Diane uh, Zalman uh, over at OffRoadPassport.com and also a contributing editor for uh, Jeep Freak Adventure magazine uh, posted something up on Facebook uh, about their beloved Clifford. And uh, Clifford is a, a pre-97 uh, Jeep Cherokee. And since they live in Arizona, uh, around 2010, uh, they posted up over on uh, OffRoadPassport.com uh, the problem they were having with the uh, the Jeep running hot on the highway. It was hard for them to get to a wheeling spot. They actually came up with the idea of adding in the uh, additional heater core to uh, supplement the cooling system of the XJ. Now, they used, uh, I think it was a used uh, hydraulic uh, cooler, but uh, anything that will dissipate the, the heat should be fine. I was actually looking at heater cores. Now, I think Diane actually uh, recommended me using a... Um, uh, a, a motorcycle uh, radiator, uh, if nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I, I looked at that, and it was kind of hard to find the right size uh, that I was looking for. But anyway, I haven't given up uh, given up on that yet. Uh, so um, that, you know, I, she had posted about this on uh, on their, their website, and uh, I asked her, you know, uh, you know, do you have any real numbers? And she responded with, I'm seeing a 35-degree drop in temps through the auxiliary cooler. So the, the temp going in and the temp coming out, it was 35 degrees cooler coming out of the, uh, out of the cooler. And she was seeing a 15 to 25-degree drop in the overall coolant temperatures. That's the money. That's the one that I'm yeah. concerned about. Now, if I'm running down the highway at uh, you know 60 miles an hour and it's running 220, 225, 25 degrees is going to put me where I need to be. Right, in the sweet spot. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know that this would actually uh, work out for me and driving 70 on the highway, but it would definitely be the right direction. Uh, and, and, keep, and if you guys don't recall, the, the problem that I have isn't you know driving 20 miles at 70 miles an hour. It's driving like 30, 40, 50 uh, at, at, at the long-term uh, duration, like driving an hour at highway speeds. Before it starts, before you start seeing it. So, some of you people out there that go, I don't have that problem. I, I run 190 degrees all day long. Blah 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 blah. Mine doesn't run hot until I drive it a long time at highway speeds. It it slowly builds up, and I, I don't think I really realized that it was that it would take at least 30, 35 miles of driving at highway speeds before I would see the issue. So keep that in mind whenever you're driving uh, in your XJ. And uh, and you go, I don't, I don't have that problem. I don't know what's wrong with you know. Obviously, it's the it's the all the crap that you got in front of the radiator. It's those lights. It's the tires. It's blah 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 blah. No, it's none of that stuff. Uh, it, it it is that the cooling system isn't adequate to to cool the 4.0 running at uh, you know 2500 RPM at highway speeds. So yeah, I could probably put 410 gears in there, and then that would that would improve the situation. But what fun would that be? So, uh, you know, I got this Jeep, and it's, it's configured the way it is. I'm not going to start changing it simply so I can drive it on the highway. I'm going to add something to it so I can drive it the way I have it configured and, and you know, manage to get to the off-road park. It was so much fun going off-road. You know, I just all these years I've been wanting to get out there and couldn't because of this issue. And, damn it, I'm fixing it. I'm, i I got to get back off-road again. It's just too much fun and just – having those pictures, the, the memories of being out there. It was, it was wonderful. 
Well, Tony, I hope it uh, ends up being a success for you. Uh, it sounds like you you at least got a direction that you're heading, and uh, and well, I'm I'm sure Amazon's going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not done with the oil cooler yet. I'm just gonna you know, there's not a lot of space for for things to be in the airstream. Yeah. So I, I'm going to go with this one because I have definite numbers. Oh, and I did find out from the guy that did the oil cooler on his XJ. Uh, I was able to contact him, and he says, "Oh, that didn't work." So the information, oh. the information he had was uh, there was a, a blown head gasket, which was causing uh, causing the issue. Ah, uh, I would do it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the reason why I was going another direction. Anyway, I got everything that I need for the oil cooler, but the 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 actual radiator part, the cooler part. So I'm going to stop this one from now. But this may be added to that, depending on what the results are of the uh, the additional heater core. Well, I'm sure you'll keep us posted. And uh, well, in the meantime, guys, if you have some advice for Tony, uh, if you have an idea that might help him out or you'd like to join in on the campfireside chat, we'd like to have you just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. You know, I was thinking about giving something away to somebody that actually comes up with something that uh, I haven't tried and I've tried everything. <laughs> yeah, I really have, though. <laughs> There's not much left under the sun here that you haven't tried. Oh, and it just dawned on me, uh, we have another Jeep Action uh, a magazine subscription to give away for this month. And uh, what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, uh, I give Nate a hard time. Shouldn't that be uh, good enough for him to get a, 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 a year's subscription to the Jeep I Action think magazine? Yeah, I think with all the involvement and uh, interaction with the show that he's uh, he's done with us over the years, he's definitely a candidate. Uh, well, Nate, you'll be uh, happy to know that uh, we're going to send your name over there to uh, Ben Davidson, editor of uh, Jeep Action Magazine, and you should be seeing a, a nice, shiny paper, paper, things that oh, you can hold in your hand. You can take it to the bathroom, so you know, and, and just flip through and look at all the Jeep goodness in there. So big thanks to uh, Jeep Action Magazine, uh, Ben Davidson, who was a recent guest. And, uh, you know, uh, you guys that are receiving these magazines from us, giving away two subscriptions a month. Uh, for I think a year and uh, so you guys let us know what you think about the magazine and tell all your friends mm -hmm. hey guys let's cover some events that are uh, happening around the world or at least around the nation um, I want to talk really quickly about an event that I was at a couple weeks ago down in Salem Oregon uh, Salem or Salem uh, here is uh, Oregon's capital uh, capital city and uh, there's a big uh, Jeep jam that happens every year uh, in August. And uh, this is the seventh or eighth year of the uh, Salem Jeepers Summer Jam. Uh, and this is the first year that I didn't DJ and MC the event. I was actually a participant for the first time ever at this event, and it was wonderful. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, not being behind the decks and not having to worry about uh, you know all the announcements and playlists and all that other stuff, it was great. I was able to actually go around and talk shop with a bunch of other Jeepers and and interact with people and actually sit and look at Jeeps and crawl underneath them and, and look at what the stuff that other people are doing, all the kinds of things that I don't get to do when I'm working these events. So it was a lot of fun, and I want to give a shout-out to all of my Salem Jeeper fans and, uh, and friends out there. Now, when I was at the event, there are, of course, a lot of Jeeps and a lot of vendors as well, and one of the vendors that I spoke with uh, was uh, somebody from a company called CB World. And um, really kind of hit it off with this person. I uh, talked for a little while about uh, off-road communications and whatnot. And they let me know that they're running a special that they wanted to extend to all of the Jeep Talk Show listeners. So if you guys are out there within the sound of my voice right now and are listening to this, you can get a $100 CV package. And we're talking some amazing savings here 
Um, and if you go to cbworld.com, enter in the code JeepJam, all one words, you can get a Pro 510XL Uniden uh, Mobile 40-channel CB, a FS3B Fire Stick 2 tunable tip, three-foot uh, antenna, um, an antenna amount for a Wrangler, and Procom weatherproof CB antenna cables, all for 100 bucks. I mean, this is like oh a 50% gosh. off deal. Yeah, top of the line equipment. And, uh, and they wanted to extend that deal to all of the Jeep Talk Show listeners. They're a fan of the show as well. Um, they had heard of the show. They, I, they were talking about this, this thing that they're running. I was like, Hey, you know, I, I, you know, if you want, I'd be happy to, you know, spread the word about this on the show. And they're like, would you? And I was so absolutely. So, uh, big, big shout out to CB world, cbworld.com. Enter in the promo code Jeep jam for this, uh, for the, uh, for the hundred kit, hundred dollar kit special. And a uh, big shout out to Susan at CB world, uh, for extending this out to our listeners as well. Now, back to the events that are happening, guys. Uh, we have the Great American Jeep Rally happening September 15th through the 16th at uh, Ellington, uh, Ellington, Connecticut, right next to Valley Truck and uh, Off-Road. Uh, we'll have a link to that in the episode um, for the show. Uh, September 21st, the four-wheel drive hardware jamboree is happening in Columbiana, Ohio, at the four-wheel drive hardware store there. The Northwest Off-Road Expo, that's the big one happening uh, September 22nd at the Thomas Family Farm in Snohomish, Washington. Last year was a huge success. They're doing it again, bigger and better. So if you haven't been to the Northwest Off-Road Expo, definitely one you want to add to the calendar. Now we have friend of the show, uh, Route 16 is going to be at Top Sail Island Jeep Week, happening September 21st through the 23rd, a weekend-long event, of course, at Top Sail Island in North Connecticut, North Carolina, rather. There will be uh, Jeep meets in town on Friday and Saturday nights at multiple locations. Obviously, the whole town is going to be completely overrun by Jeeps. There's going to be a big beach day on Saturday, obstacle run uh, courses on Sunday, and Route 16 will have a killer raffle with products from Warren, Factor 55, Crazy Beaver, and more. Trust me, this is the raffle that you want to get in on. If you're going to be going to this show, go hook up with Route 16, get in on their raffle. It's going to be big. And as always, come by and answer a Jeep question at their tent. You'll get a free Jeep Talk Show sticker while supplies last. Hey, do you know of an off-road event coming up? Shoot us an email with some details. Have you been to a Jeep event recently? We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com contact and let us know how it went. Hey, folks, and don't forget to head over to my award-winning Jeep blog at www.jeepmama.com and follow me along on my Jeep journey. Need training material or a radio commercial for your product or your business? Check out my professional voiceover services at thevoiceofjosh.com. Well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly, and if you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles, head over to www.treadlightly.org. If you or somebody you know is addicted to the Jeep Talk Show, call now. Operators are standing by to tell you that it's okay and everything will be all right. Jeep Talk Show addiction is no laughing matter, so you won't see or hear us pointing and giggling. We are, after all, professionals who care. Podcasting since 2010. Hey, not ready for the show to be over? Well, we can understand that. Now you can hear more Jeep Talk Show goodness by installing the Jeep Talk Show app. Just go over to Apple or Google Store, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that install button. 
Not only will you have the latest episode, but our entire library of shows. Plus, and only on the Jeep Talk Show app, you'll have access to bonus content. Look for the bonus content icon on the app and hear what goes on after the show and after the interviews. That it would be that big of a benefit with all these episodes that we've done, but certainly uh, getting hit every so often with uh, how's it going, what, what, what ideas do you have. And Eric's got 30 years of uh, broadcast radio experience on the air experience so yeah you can you can tell and i'm brain farting on his show right now i would talk about it but i'll 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 be mentioning it in the in the future is that the same show that did it did it before there was there was something new there was two guys that did it uh and school of podcasting dave jackson was the 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 guy that i contacted and eric uh, uh eric is the other guy that was uh the other voice uh in the review and uh i was trying to line up another one uh with the the podcast review show, I think it was, with uh, Dave Jackson, and, and I never could get an email back from him, so I just contacted